0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline is a guy who
1: helped build the New England Patriots. He was also a part of drafting Tom Brady. So much to unpack with Scott Pioli, who is now with NFL Network and spreading the NFL gospel all over the land. Scott, it's Gresham Fourier. Good morning. How are you, sir? Mm-hmm
2: you doing great. Christian, what's up, my brother? Hey. Great to be with you guys, man. It's a pleasure. Great Thanks for coming you. on. Thanks for coming on.
3: Yeah, and Scott, we have you been. think I ever say no to you two guys? You, Come you, on. you actually have never said no. That is true. You have gone dark a couple times because you're so busy, but you all he always writes back. Always. Well, the sketchy phone
1: what? service in the uh, Pioli household. It depends on which coast he's on. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Learned that one a while well, ago. They,
2: well, here, no. Here's what happens is you know the uh if you guys, if i hear there's like a scandal going on or something patriots and you guys are bashing the patriots <laughs> and you're trying to reach me i absolutely go dark <laughs>
1: <laughs> well uh scott we have been taking a walk literally week by week down memory lane of the 03 championship season in tapping into the mind of Fourier. And, you know, we've gotten to the point to where we're here at week one where they went to Buffalo and we know how the game kind of ended. I'm curious from your end, Scott, what are some of the memories or maybe for you some of the long-term takeaways as a general manager in some of the lessons that you learned on what was a pretty rough week in a lot of people's professional careers back then?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's so much that was learned that season. It, it's funny because there's so much that I do remember about that season, but after Christian reached out, I was like, Yeah, let me, let me, let me focus on a little bit more. And then my mind just started going <laughs> to places that week was a, was a bizarre week because, you know, it, we went into the season. We had a, we had a strong off season, you know, we, We ended up building a really good defense. We signed Rodney Harrison. We signed Rosie Colvin, Tyrone Poole, brought in Don Davis as a special teams guy, and then a bunch of guys on offense. And then we traded for Big Ted Washington, right, in the middle of training camp, I think that was, Christian, right? Mm -hmm. And and, and all along, though, we were building this team. We had this contract situation with Lawyer where we were, you know, we wanted to extend him. We wanted to – we we wanted to keep him, And then everyone knows the story, how the whole thing went sideways. There's a story behind the story. Um, And, you know, we ended up having to release him and we knew, we knew that it was not a good thing, not only from a talent standpoint. I mean, Bill and I were sick about it. And, And so was Robert, quite honestly, and Robert and Jonathan, because we loved lawyer. And, Business gets in the way sometimes, but the way that that whole thing went down, um, you know, it really affected that first week for sure. I mean, Christian, you, you remember that game. It was um, it was hot, and there was a lot of – I think there was just a different kind of chaos. It was only our third season, so we hadn't – or no, that's actually our fourth season there, and we hadn't – you know, we hadn't handled a situation like this. And um, it, it was a struggle that week. But, you know, we prepared the best we could. And it was it was a hot mess come that Sunday.
3: Yeah, I think you. I think it was – the word is – it was chaos. It was chaotic. And I don't know if you even know this. Cause I remember the day of the game, Scott, Lawyer rolled into our visitor locker room and was, like, hugging everybody, talking to everybody. It was so – such a weird day. And then the game got out of hand really quick. When you guys, plus Drew was on the other side yeah, too. And, right? Yeah, I remember
2: it was also Drew was was with the Bills then too.
3: Yeah, I, it just it was just a real weird day, and I think most of us kind of chalked it up of it is what it is. Let's just forget about it. But do, when when he was signed, were you surprised when he when he signed with Buffalo? Like when you heard that was happening, did you guys? It's in any sort of way kind of anticipate this being the aftershock effect.
2: So um, was I surprised it was the bills personally? Yes, because, you know, I was the one that was negotiating with his agents and um, you know, one of the toughest things is there's rules. You can't negotiate directly with players. You cannot do it. It's against NFL rules and regulations and the, and the PA and you, you don't always know if the information that you're giving to agents gets to the players and, or what form it, arrives at the players whether they see things directly or not and i would say a large part of the agents are are honest and do the right thing and do a good job even though they're trying to maximize things they maybe you know you know don't give all the information but they're negotiating they're trying to do the best and what we found out unfortunately later on was that a couple of things was that you know lawyer was never presented with the full offer that we were making and Um, that was all found out, talked about later, you know, after everyone was done being angry because lawyer was really upset and he had a right to be upset. But again, there was this whole other truth. You know, the other to, to answer the question fully, um, I was surprised it was Buffalo. Here's what we knew. Once we got to the point where we had to cut him. When you're in a situation like that and and the other side is that confident, and I don't mean lawyer, I'm talking about his agents, they were that confident that there was more money sitting out there somewhere for him, and I'm not going to say that that's tampering, but possibly there were negotiations going on between another team and the player where they walked away from a boatload of money but ended up getting signed immediately. Deals just don't get done that quickly. And so... I knew there was another team. Bill and I knew. Robert and I felt there was another team that was interfering, that um, didn't let us get the deal done. And it, it, so I don't know if it was the Bills or if it was another deal, but that that particular deal got done with the Bills.
1: Scott, uh, you weren't even forty years old when all this went down. Not only a young man, but a young executive. What was the long term takeaway from you after having gone? through this whole thing at the beginning of oh three and it ending up in a championship season.
2: Oh man, there, there were, there were so many lessons. I, I mean, so many lessons. Yeah. I, I was young in the business. I mean, heck Bill was still young. We were all young. Christian was young for crying out loud. Um, it was, there were so many lessons. Again, I think I, I, that particular situation, that circumstance, Um, led me to really wonder whether or not how close in contact that I am with players when I'm negotiating with them. It was a lesson I learned, even though you can't negotiate with them, maybe you have to have a, uh, find a way to make sure they're getting information, maybe not directly from you, but they're getting accurate information from more than one source. I think there was a team building thing that went there too, but so many of the lessons were actually learned in the first championship, right? In 2001, this year, in 2003 showed that you know once again it was about the locker room right and 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 again I don't say this I think one of the things there's two things that that I learned that season and I and I really think is important to understand is that there's a you know some uh, in terms of credit for these championships, I don't believe that our locker room got enough credit. We built a team. We were talented, yes. I mean, that defense was lights out. And, I mean, it was the one defense in the NFL. We let up the fewest points any team that year, right? like 14 points a game or something ridiculous like that. And that was still a locker room-led team. And the importance, it, it one more time galvanized the whole thought that Yes, you need talent. Yes, you need good coaching. Yes, you need certain things. But if the team isn't together, again, we used to have this saying that pro, individuals go to Pro Bowls and teams win championships. That team, after that game, they, we were a good team in terms of, uh, again, not just talent, but how we were built and how much that team loved one another. Going into that training camp, we had that, that situation. And I think I quickly was reminded and learned again that if the players care about each other and they care about the same cause, you have a chance. And that's one of the things that stuck through with that team. And the other thing I learned is that even though these players are grown men, they respond emotionally to emotional situations. Because if you see how we rebounded that year and, and the way we did it, I think those were additional lessons. Again, I, man, I could go on and on of what we learned that season. So, you know, or- and always be ready. I, I'm sorry, because um, I'm trying to process that question. Now, the other thing is this. You know, We set a record that year, our football team. We had more players injured that season. We, had, we started 42 different players over the course of that season, which was an NFL record at the time for a team that won the division and a team that went to the playoffs. And I think we learned if we were prepared and we understood the system and we understood the locker room and brought the right people in, that we could be successful with a lot of different players.
3: So we're talking to Scott Pioli, and Scott, my question is, um, you know, based on all that information, like on paper, you know, you try to put the best players on the team and you try to like take care of all your blind spots. And maybe you have a liability here or there, but like now in the media, we sit there and we go, okay, this team's going to win this and this team, we're making all our preview predictions, right? Before the season started, even before the lawyer Malloy situation, did you believe that you guys had a championship team?
2: Wait, so you saying you guys? You were part of that team? Well, like, yeah, you but you—I'm say, saying you
3: we were. No, I, well, no, no, no. I, yeah, I didn't build the team, TV but you. For, I, I, no, I know, but you and Bill, like, you were like, wow, like we got a shot here, right? Because it didn't make it wow. the the year after the first Super Bowl, so now it's the third yeah, year we didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. 9-7, and seven, now the season starts. You make a bunch of additions. You bring a lot of strong people in. You have some guys that were holdovers from the year year before. You mentioned Ted Washington, Roosevelt Colvin, Don Davis. You also had some guys on offense, Larry Centers being one of them. Like, oh, how did Larry you guys – about
2: Fred McCrary? Yeah, Fred McCrary, fullback, Wait, number Fred 44. Baxter.
3: Yeah, Fred Baxter, tight end. Yeah. So, so when, before the first game, did you guys ever sit back, smoke a cigar, and go, wow, we got a really good shot here, Bill? Come on, no, you, you know it's better than that. No, no. It,
2: it, here's what I do believe is you, we don't, we never, we would never think that far down the line because it, it, you spend enough years in the league as a realist, you know how many things can go wrong. You know how mu- how much injuries can impact. You. you know how much a player suspension can impact. There's so many things that can impact the outcomes. Did I did I think that we had a good team? I sure did. I, I really felt that we had a good team. I thought that we had added a couple of really good players to our defense to make us better. I thought we drafted well. I thought, you know, that that, that year's draft was pretty strong too. I mean, you know, we uh, it was Danny Copeland ended up becoming a starter, or Eugene Wilson, Ty Warren, you know, one of the most unsung important players. So I felt we had a good team and that we had a chance, but never – that was just not, you know – Bill's style, my style, Ernie's style, or or anyone that was in the program. It, it wasn't just something that we that we tried to impress upon players. We never had that economy of thinking either. It's like, okay, we have a chance to win the division, and then, as you know, is if you can win the division, all bets are off, and you got a chance to win a championship. But it was never thinking, oh yeah, we've got a championship roster here because. You look back at, again, 2001, you look at that roster, a lot of people would say it wasn't a championship roster. But we built momentum, confidence, um, became a better situational football team. Because that's the other thing. What situations and circumstances are going to come up in the season that you're prepared for? And sometimes that can win a championship. So, yeah, it's um, – didn't think of it that way. No no cigars here, Christian.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Scott, last thing for you here. Obviously, Tom Brady is being honored by the Patriots organization on uh, Sunday afternoon, early evening, whatever it turns into. Uh, I, look, I just leave it open-ended what 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 hasn't been said about Tom Brady that hasn't been said. It almost feels like when we ask people like you, everybody wants to be like, well, did you know it? Did you see it? Da, da, da. I mean, this guy has put to bed any sort of discussion of the greatest football player of all time. But, Scott, you were around this guy for a healthy chunk of his career. Just your kind of thoughts as Tom Brady is about to be honored on Sunday.
2: Yeah, I, it, it, it was – So cool to be around him Um, because I'll say this, Tommy became the greatest quarterback, but he evolved into that. And during that time that he hadn't become the, the best quarterback in the national football league, he was surrounded by a great team. And he was always aware of how important his teammates were and how important it was that he had the best defense in the National Football League in 2003. He had one of the best and most opportunistic defenses and special teams groups in 2001 in his first Super Bowl season. And the fact that he understood he was confident, but always had this little bit of insecurity that chased him and drove him to be more. But his gratitude for the people around him is part of the reason is the biggest part of the reason. I think he was the champion that he became and continued to be. He knew it wasn't just about him.
1: Uh, will you be here Sunday or does duty yeah. call? Okay.
2: I didn't know. No, I'm going to be. Yeah, no, I'm going to be at the BC Holy cross game on Saturday. Our, our daughter, Mia Christian can't believe this. I'm sure she's a junior at Boston college right now. Little Mia is a, Uh, junior Boston College so we're gonna go catch the Eagles and the uh, Crusaders up uh, up in the Heights and then we're gonna go down to the uh, to the Patriots Eagles games on Sun game on Sunday and enjoy that for sure
1: well uh, yeah Fourier knows all about it no one has fired out more scholarship athletes from their loins than Christian Fourier (laughs) I'll tell you that this guy
2: unbelievable seriously I do do. I was about that too, Christian. How many buffs did we have on that on that t- 2003 team? Well,
3: I mean, there was, was a bunch.
2: Well, Ted, buffs me, might be back, man. Ashworth,
3: yeah, Ashworth, and Dan right, Graham, Ashworth, yeah, four of us. Daniel Graham, yeah. exactly
2: right. And then we had Matt Russell. Oh, that's right. In our front office, I think. Had, remember Russell? Yeah, yeah. bunkus so Award winner,
3: Matt Russell. Heck yeah. Pretty crazy.
2: Heck
1: yeah. Yeah. And Fourier's yeah, well, now. Might be back. Yep. From Colorado to Binghamton, there's a Fourier <laughs> playing something somewhere. Uh, hey, Scott, uh, great <laughs> catching awesome. up, friend. No, thanks for the. Yeah, uh, we appreciate it. No, Scott. The, the layers on this are fantastic. And this is going to uh, make for one hell of a long form podcast with all the friends of Fourier coming aboard. Uh, the legend, Scott Pioli. Scott, thank you, friend. Hopefully, we got uh, plenty of reason to talk to you throughout the year. Thank you.
2: No, thanks, guys, and if you need me, if someone cancels, give me a holler, but I really can't tell you how much I appreciate you guys even thinking about having me on, so thank you.